This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Kenyokahage Nation in Chochage, also known as Montreal, Quebec. The original lands of the many First Nations, including the Kenyokahage of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, Huron-Wendat, Abenaki, and Anishinaabe. To learn what land you're on, go to native-land.ca. You're listening to The Lily Pod. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Lily Pod. I am feeling excited about this week's topic. I have had so many good conversations with friends about this. And all of those conversations have ended in both parties feeling really satisfied and just letting out a lot of the baggage that I think so many people carry around with this topic, which we will dive into in a second. But first, I want to introduce what this week's topic is. We're going to be talking about bisexuality, specifically about internalized biphobia, queer imposter syndrome, and the sexualization of bisexual women. So to just start off on a simple note, bisexuality is defined as an attraction, either romantic or sexual, towards more than one gender. And sometimes people can get confused about the bi part of it because it may seem as though it's enforcing the gender binary of male and female um, and is exclusionary of other genders, but bi can also mean two or more. It's not only limited to two, but because of the perception of the bi aspect of this word, I personally have toyed with other labels like pansexual or just calling myself queer, even though I am bisexual and I still don't totally know what to call myself sometimes. I'm not too attached to labels and for me it feels pretty limiting no matter what I use. So I just try to do my thing, not think about it too much. And for me that works. But also I like digging into the reasons why I maybe feel that way about labels and if it comes from internalized shame or guilt about my sexuality. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So I think before anything, we need to talk about heteronormativity for a hot sec because this is like the underlying force for a lot of internalized biphobia. And I also just think it's really important to talk about in any conversation that you're going to have about sexuality or gender or relationships or whatnot. Um, So basically, heteronormativity is the assumption that heterosexuality is the default or normal kind of sexual orientation or gender and it enforces and assumes the gender binary um, the exclusionary notion that there's only male and female and nothing else so an example of this showing up in your regular everyday life would just be like meeting somebody and assuming that they're straight until they tell you otherwise Or assuming that their pronouns are she, her, simply because they appear feminine, when in fact that might not be the case. And I'm going to do a whole episode on unpacking heteronormativity in connection to marriage and institutions of hierarchy and all of that jazz. So 
I won't get too deep into it. I just wanted to provide a little bit of context so the conversation will be easier to navigate in connection to bisexuality and how that kind of shows up. Heteronormative assumptions about bisexual people show up so often, especially if that bisexual person is in a current heteropresenting relationship. So me, right now, I've been in a relationship with a man for a little over three years now. Um, Wow, it's been three years. What the heck? That's a long time. (laughs) Um, Anyway, shout out to Marco, an angel, a gem, lovely man. Um, Anyway, (laughs) because of this relationship that I'm in, because it's with a man, If I meet somebody new who maybe doesn't know my relationship history and knows that I've dated multiple women and have been in relationships and connections with women, they'll just assume that I'm straight because that's the relationship that I'm in right now and that's all that they can see. But then that kind of creates this feeling of constantly feeling the need to come out to people and to be like, no, I'm not straight, I'm this or this or this. And passing as a straight woman means that I have to repeatedly come out, which I generally don't really mind doing, obviously, depending on the situation. But what it also means is that I have the privilege of not having to come out, which protects me from marginalization. And this is a privilege that so many queer people don't have. But I do because I'm a really feminine cisgender woman who's in a relationship with a man currently. And so unless I choose to come out and be like, no, I'm actually queer or no, I'm into whoever I'm into, then I'm basically just perceived as straight. And that can feel kind of erasing of my identity. And I'm lucky that I have control over it and I can actively choose to come out if I want to and if I really want to make that known, which I often do because I kind of just like it to be known that... I'm not straight because that's a really important part of my identity for me. But being a femme bisexual woman in a heteropresenting relationship, I'm constantly perceived as straight, which kind of feels invalidating at some points and kind of like my identity is being erased just because of heteronormative assumptions and because that's all that people see and so they just assume that that's all there is. And all of these heteronormative assumptions, all of these conclusions that are being made based on a presentation of a person and how they appear, how their relationships appear to the rest of the world, it can really contribute to this notion of internalized biphobia. Internalized biphobia has so much baggage. There's so much to unpack there, and I'm not going to get to it all, obviously, but generally it's just this internalized feeling of not feeling valid as a bisexual person, feeling like you maybe don't have a place in the queer community, you don't have a place outside of the queer community, Um, and it can sometimes come with these beliefs that maybe you're not actually that queer or maybe you're not actually that straight and there's this really big notion that bisexuality is just like a transition phase into being fully gay which just isn't true and it just further solidifies that feeling of not being totally valid in the identity that you're embracing right now 
and it is fully possible to just be attracted to multiple people of any gender all at the same time without being entirely lesbian or entirely gay or entirely whatever. Whatever you want to identify as, just roll with it. Do your thing. And we need to just let other people do the same thing. We need to stop policing our behaviors and our identities just based on our own assumptions and our own conditioned notions of how people should appear or should not appear or what the relationships should be. So coming back to this internalized biphobia, kind of relating it to queer imposter syndrome, Um, For me, I feel sometimes as though there's not a real place for me in the queer community if I'm not fully embracing all the stereotypes of a queer woman. So like presenting as more masculine through what I'm wearing, how my hair is styled, my body language. And the fact that I'm in a heteropresenting relationship right now only worsens this internalized biphobia because it's making me question if my identity even has significance if I'm not in a relationship with someone that's not a cisgender man. So it's like me convincing myself that unless I am fully embracing all of my gayness, (laughs) then I don't have the right to call myself queer or bisexual. And I think a lot of bisexual people really struggle with this of like kind of feeling like you don't really have a place anywhere, but you still really want to connect with that side of yourself, but you can't because everybody is telling you to pick a side and stick with it. Talking about labels, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, I kind of have toyed with other labels besides bisexual, like queer and pansexual, and I kind of use these labels interchangeably. And in the past, I've used the term pansexual way more often because it feels a lot more inclusive to me just because I kind of have that like belief that bi only means two, even though it doesn't have to. Um, But anyway, I, I think I've come to the realization that one of the reasons I avoided using the term bisexual for a while was because of the assumptions that were immediately made about me as soon as I told someone that I was bi, that I'm super promiscuous, I'm overly sexual, I'm going to cheat on my partners, and my fear of these assumptions made me internalize them and internalize the idea that there was something to be ashamed of if I identified as bisexual because it automatically made me less valid both within the queer community and outside of it. And I think this avoidance or rejection of labels often comes from that kind of queer imposter syndrome internalized by phobia and fear of identifying as a certain sexual orientation. And not always, but I think often people will reject that idea of labels because of their own fear of being alienated or marginalized by others. And most of the time, these people are somewhere on the spectrum of queerness. And this feeling, this fear creates a huge feeling of imposter syndrome within the queer community, of feeling like you don't belong, feeling undeserving of categorizing yourself as part of this community, questioning your worth as a queer person. I think so many of us have spent so much time feeling this way for a really long time. I definitely still struggle with it. It's not something that I've just gotten over over time. Um, But yeah, let's dive into queer imposter syndrome a little bit because I think there's a lot to talk about there. So this thing we call queer imposter syndrome 
makes you feel like you don't deserve to be a part of the LGBTQ plus community and it comes from all these conceptions of queer visibility, meaning that if you don't look as though you're queer, that somehow determines your place in the community. And this is a really internalized notion that's upheld by systems of hierarchy within the queer community, which we will get into in another episode. I have a whole whack load of notes on the hierarchies within the queer community, so I won't get into that too much right now. I think that one of the things that's really big for people who experience queer imposter syndrome is not ever wanting to take up any space in certain contexts, which is valid in 100% what we should be doing in certain contexts. For example, it's never my place to talk about the experience of trans people or non-binary people because I'm a cisgender woman. And that's just one example of so many where it's just time to pass the mic and listen rather than speak from our own experience. No matter how much we think we might know about something, we don't need to take up that space. But on the flip side, keeping this in mind, there are also so many times where even though we might be totally qualified and experienced to speak about a topic, whether it's like relationships or experiences... Um, we hold back out of fear of taking up too much space, like, oh no, like, I'm, I'm not fully gay, so I feel like I can't talk about this experience with this woman because I have also dated men, um, and feeling like you're not valid enough to speak on these issues. For me personally, this is also this kind of feeling of not wanting to take up too much space is a result from certain interactions that I've had with people where they've cut me off or minimized my experiences because I wasn't as gay as they wanted me to be, I guess. Um, And I always think about this conversation I had at work at Tim Hortons um, in high school. This was a long time ago where this guy um, was talking to another coworker who was openly lesbian and he was like asking some sort of question about her relationships or experiences with women. And I was standing there with them. I was also a part of the conversation Um, and once she had answered, I jumped in with my own two cents because I felt like I wanted to just, like, add some things and also just, like, um, I don't know, contribute to the conversation. And before I even finished my sentence, this guy interrupted me and said, okay, but you don't count. You're not fully gay. And that experience still sticks out to me because it was one of those moments, it was one of the first moments for me where I felt like my identity was just so invalid, non-existent, not important. And it was just this random straight guy who didn't know what he was talking about and just shut me down, which is fine. It's fine. Um, I'm not bitter at all. It's fine. (laughs) Okay, no, but seriously, I I have a lot of patience for these people because it's usually coming from a place of like lack of knowledge or... I don't know, I guess just general ignorance. And so depending on the context, obviously, sometimes I will be like, hey, no, that 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 wasn't cool. Um, but at that point, I was just like very much like I think I was like 16 or something. And so I was like, OK, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> and that was that. So coming back to this idea of queer imposter syndrome and labels and identity and all of that stuff, um, there's this really big thing in the queer community of like not being queer enough depending on how you look and 
so often people weigh the validity of different identities based on how queer they appear to the rest of the world. And it all ties into these ideas of passing as gay, lesbian, pan, trans, which is a whole other conversation to get into on its own. Um, But all of these assumptions and hierarchies about identity and the way we appear are based in ideologies of how queerness is supposed to look and sound and act like which also feeds into tropes like the flamboyant gay and the butch lesbian and the slutty bisexual. And then outside of the queer community, bisexuals are going through a phase, they're sluts, they're greedy, Um, bisexual women are doing it for attention, and so often our sexuality is defined in relation to men and how they perceive us. This is more specifically for bisexual women, which leads us to the oversexualization and fetishization of bisexual women. Bisexual women, specifically femme bisexual women, are subjected to an enormous amount of sexualization and fetishization from cisgender men. It's also really fed into by straight women. Um, This was so big in high school. Oh my god. Um, It was always girls who were actually really not necessarily that respectful of queer identities that always wanted to make out at parties always in front of the football or hockey guys of course and it was all very performative very much like let's make out because I'm drunk and I want to hook up with this guy and he's gonna get turned on if we kiss girls This is not cool. The amount of times that me and my other bi friends have been used as props for straight girls to just use when they're drunk and want boys' attention for kissing a girl and looking super hot is so ridiculous. And it just feeds into this sexualization of queer women that we're here, we're just here to entertain the male gaze, we're just here to have fun, get you going. And of course, sexual curiosity is normal and I encourage it so much, but not when you're using somebody as a prop without being sensitive to their own desires and their boundaries. Also, just a disclaimer, throwing this out here, just because a woman might be into other women doesn't mean that she automatically wants to hook up with you just because you're another woman. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's a bit of a shocker, but it's the truth. The other thing with this is also that queer women's identities aren't often fully accepted. They're just being fetishized. And there's a really big difference between these two things. It might look like a queer woman is being accepted when in fact she's just being sexualized by the men and sometimes the women around her. When someone's identity is accepted and welcomed, It is respected and it is encouraged and celebrated in all contexts and not just in those contexts that excite men. So just because you had a good time watching two girls make out at a party doesn't really mean that you get a gold star for being really accepting of queer women. I'm sorry to tell you. So often, that's what bisexual women are. We're seen as objects that are there to put on a show for men or to be a fun experiment for straight women who are often only interested because of the reputation it will give her with other men. 
And this sexualization is almost exclusively targeted towards femme, bisexuals, and lesbians because we aren't seen as real lesbians or bisexual women since we don't present as masculine or butch. And this connects back to what I was talking about before with the idea of queer visibility. Um, And it all contributes to negative stereotypes of queer women, instilling ideas of how we should look, act, and dress according to standards of the male gaze. I think... Porn is a perfect example of how the hegemonic male gaze constructs the bisexual woman as a hypersexual object. And I think I've written essays about this before, just like on my own, because I I think it's a really interesting topic to talk about. But the ways in which these women are portrayed, their body language, how they interact with one another, it's... It's always really obvious to me when there's a man behind the camera because there's such a specific way that these women appear when it's a man directing the scene and the male gaze is just glaring and oh my god. We'll get into the discussion of pornography in another episode because there's a lot that I want to dissect and talk about there, Um, but I just wanted to mention it here because of how significant I think it is in the conversation about the over-sexualization of bi women. This portrayal of bisexual women in porn also gives off the idea that these women aren't really bisexual. They are only behaving this way for the entertainment and satisfaction of the assumed male spectator. This idea then translates into real-life interactions with a lot of men believing that bi women exist for their pleasure. This idea that women aren't really bisexual, they're just performing for men. This idea of palatability and attraction in regards to bisexual women is defined in proximity to the cis-hetero male standard. And what the standard expects is what defines a bisexual woman in the eyes of so many people. And I've definitely internalized the standard within myself as well, measuring my queerness and how I present myself physically according to this male standard. And I did this a lot in high school, unconsciously, just because my identity was being assumed and constructed and molded by all these people around me, majoritively men, but also women, straight women, according to how they wanted me to be and how they wanted me to look. Also, all of my relationships with women in high school felt really public I think this is probably for a lot of reasons. I don't know. I lived in a small town. Everybody knew everybody. There weren't that many gay people. But also because it seemed like a lot of people, mostly guys, would make my relationships their business. Like they were entitled to know our personal business and what goes on. And this entitlement of wanting to know everything comes directly from this idea that queer women exist solely to satisfy men and their fantasies. Newsflash, we do not. (laughs) Acknowledging that a woman is bisexual means coming to terms with the fact that she isn't doing it for men's attention. And then this implies that a woman's sexuality has nothing to do with a man. And oh my god, that's just too radical of an idea, I think, for us to take in. A woman who chooses not to be with men even though she has the option to be with one? What? How could this be? (laughs) Anyway, I focused on the experience of bisexual cis women in this episode because it's what I know, it's what I have direct experience with, and I 
definitely want to open up the conversation to other bisexual people, bisexual men, trans men and women, non-binary people. There's so much more to uncover from so many different perspectives. Um, but I'm not the expert. I'm not the person to be speaking from those perspectives. Those are conversations to have at another time, listening to people who can personally speak from those views. And I'm just not one of them. So takeaway from this week, hmm, let me think, what should we do? I think, I think maybe what I want to do is just for all of us to reflect on situations we've been in where we've maybe perpetuated these negative stereotypes or assumptions about people's sexuality if it's not completely fixed. I don't like that word, but like um, if it's not like on one end of the spectrum, if they're not 100% gay and if they're not 100% straight, maybe just like thinking about how we have all been active in this system of invalidating those people. And then also maybe thinking about how we have identified ourselves if we've identified ourselves as queer or non-queer and why that is where those labels have come from why we may feel attached or not so attached or fearful of labels and also just reflecting on heteronormativity and how we've all fallen under that trap of assumptions and internalized notions of what our relationships should look like, what we should be like, categorizing people, whether it has to do with gender or sexuality or whatever, just reflecting how we've all been complicit in that system at some point or another. Yeah, so I hope that this has been interesting to listen to. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm curious to see what the reaction is going to be. I'm curious to hear what everybody's thoughts are, what stuck out, maybe what you disagree with. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't touch on as much as I could have, which is why I'm going to dive really deep into certain things like heteronormativity and maybe queer imposter syndrome um, more in other episodes because I think that they're too big to fit into the one episode about something that's more specific. So yeah, stay tuned for those. And in the meantime, thank you for joining me again and listening to me ramble for a whole 26 minutes and 10 seconds. Have a lovely week and I will see you next time.